chapter number 24 tonight, Matthew chapter number 24. Go down to verse number 21. We'll use this verse, these couple of verses for a springboard tonight as we look at this subject of the tribulation, the great tribulation. Uh, go down to verse number 21. The Bible says, for then shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time, no, nor ever shall be. And except those days be shortened there, should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Let's pray to Heavenly Father. We thank you again for tonight. We thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to come and fellowship, Lord. And we thank you for those that were able to make it to choir practice. And Lord, I do want to say thank you for those that put in the effort and the time, Lord, not just to come, but Lord, to practice. And I thank you for uh, those that are leading and those that are directing as well, Lord. And thank you, Lord, for people that are willing to use their talents for the Lord, whether it's on the stage or behind the scenes. Lord, I'm so thankful for those that are willing to get involved and those that are willing to do some work as, Lord, you lead and as you give them the ability to do so. And I pray, Lord, tonight you would help us just to purpose in our hearts this year as, uh, Lord, we uh, are heading towards Vision Sunday. God, would you give us a clear insight, clear direction God, help us to realize, Lord, there is something for each and every one of us to do, not just in our personal lives, but also in the church, God, that you provided for us. And I pray, Lord, tonight that you'd simply take this message tonight, Lord, and just use it for your glory. Uh, Lord, we're looking at a subject, God, that carries a lot of weight behind it, a lot of thought, and a lot of just, Lord, uh, uh, just ain't almost anxiousness with those around us. So we now, we do know as believers, Lord, that this is not a time that we're going to face. This is not a thing we're going to go through. We thank you that, you, Lord, you have not appointed us under wrath. We thank you, Lord, that you'll call us out of here. And, Lord, once we're in the air with you, there we will be forever. And I just pray, Lord, tonight that you'd work in our hearts. Lord, help us to not just look at it as information tonight, but, Lord, help it to inspire us. Help it, Lord, to motivate us to get the gospel out, Lord, while there's yet time. Lord, we love you, we thank you, we give you the glory. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Now, the Bible tells us right here that there is a, a, a time of tribulation coming that this world has never seen. Now, to be honest with you, I think we could all agree that we're living in dark days. We look at our society just in America itself, and our society has never been this crazy before. Now, I'm not saying there was a time in our history where sin was not in America or where there were not sinners or people acting like sinners. sinners or sin has been around since the Garden of Eden. It's passed upon every generation. It's reared its ugly head in different forms and different ways. But it seems like the longer I live, the darker the days become. There is a, not just a rejection of truth anymore, but there is a full-fledged rejection and then running in the complete opposite direction of it. I, I grew up in a generation where, where we didn't struggle with whether we, we were a boy or a girl. We, we knew that God had created us. Even if we didn't go to church, we knew what we were, right? It was evident to us. And not just that, but we're living in a generation that, that, are, that are preying upon children. There's untold millions of babies every year, not overseas, not, they're not just overseas and not in a far off place, but we're talking about in our own country that are murdered. And it's called choice. And it's an unfortunate reality. And we see it getting darker and darker. But here's the thing. No doubt we live in dark days, but the darkest days are still on the horizon. There is coming a time to this earth 
that this earth has never experienced and we've never seen. It may be bad now, but trust me, it's going to get worse. We, we know from the Bible, now here's the interesting thing, we know as Christians, and we're going to get into this moment, we're not going through the tribulation. We know once the rapture takes place, God is going to, the Lord's going to call us out of here, and there's going to be a meeting in the air, and we're going to be with the Lord forever, and we rejoice over that tonight. But you and I very well be, we can almost see the tide beginning to change. We can see things lining up. I remember listening to a preacher preach. He was preaching maybe back in the 50s or 60s, and he made the statement that Antichrist very well may already be here. And I firmly believe tonight that it, he very well may already be here. Just not been revealed yet. But we begin to see things taking place and beginning to form. We're even seeing America's leadership begin to turn their back on Israel. Something that's never taken place in our country. Not something that we, we, we've, never, we've always stood with Israel. And it, it, I don't know how you are, but when I, when I see headlines and I read stories, my mind sometimes begins to think, well, I wonder how this is going to play out according to the Bible. Things like AI, things like uh, the technology or you know, the deep fakes and different things like that. I said, I wonder how that's going to play out. I remember back in the 50s, and I remember, I wasn't there, but I remember hearing preachers back in the 50s and 60s when television came in, and they began to realize that's how the world all at one time is going to see something take place. Nowadays, you don't even have to turn the TV on no more. You just got to reach in your pocket. And it's amazing, you begin to think about it, and we begin, we're seeing these things begin to, to form and to take place, but we also know that we are not in the tribulation. How do you know that, preacher? Because we're here. And the Bible is clear that when, when, when the rapture of the church is going to take place prior to that. Now, I want you to notice three things tonight as we look at this that will, that will not happen immediately following the rapture. Number one, the world will not end. The world will not end immediately following the rapture. Now, first Peter, or Second Peter chapter 3 does tell us that the earth, the heaven and the earth will pass away with a fervent heat, but that is going to take place after the millennial reign of Christ not right after the rapture, right? You ever seen those people, they've got those signs on, and they got the, the board on one side, the board on the back, the end is near, the world's going to, it will one day, but it will not be immediately following the rapture. And immediately following the rapture, the unsaved dead will not be raised during the rapture. During the rapture, only those that put their faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ will be raised from the grave. Those that died without Christ will not be raised at the rapture, but there will come a time where they will be raised and they will stand before God at the great white throne of judgment to be cast into the lake of fire. But that will not immediately follow the rapture. Then notice number three, immediately following the rapture, the church will not go through the great tribulation. Take your Bibles, look at Revelation chapter three, verse number 10 tonight. Chapter 3, verse number 10. This isn't wishful thinking. It's biblical teaching tonight. Revelation chapter number 3, verse number 10. The Bible said, Because thou hast kept the word of my patience, I will also keep thee from the hour of temptation, which shall come upon all the earth to try them that dwell upon the earth. Jesus himself promised us, I will keep you from that. If you've trusted in me, if you've believed on me, I will keep you from that. 
You know, and a lot of the times, those who say, you know what, no, I'm going to prove my faith. I will go through the tribulation, and they'll say, and God will take me out midway or towards the end of it. Those are some of the same people that will say things like this. I'm ready to die for my faith. Then why don't you come to church? Oh, preacher, I'm ready to give my life for Jesus. Well, why don't you come to the first place they're going to come looking for Christians at? Here. The church. Right, persecution comes, they're coming here. Right there, they talk to somebody who's lived in China, talk to somebody who's lived in North Korea, talk to somebody who, who, who has to meet under secrecy for fear of their life. They go into an apartment, they got mattresses over the windows and along the walls to, to not let sound out. They don't have pianos and sound systems. They whisper their hymns so they don't get found out. And yet they still meet together to worship the Lord. <laughs> Boy, sometimes in the American church, we don't realize how good we have it. I've never once came to church and said, Boy, I hope they're not at the front door with guns. And again, this probably wouldn't be the church to try it at. <laughs> they may not get some, they may not get us all. But notice here, the church will not go through the tribulation. Revelation 3 teaches that. And you can go back to the book of Genesis and look at the life of Enoch. And how he was, he was translated, he was taken out right before the judgment of God, which was the flood, came to planet Earth. It's a picture of the church being raptured out. So preacher, what will happen when the rapture takes place? Well, we talked about it last week. The saints will be called up together to be with the Lord. Second, First Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. But then we also know, take your Bibles, look at Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians tonight. I didn't mark this one. Give me a second. I'm losing the sword drill. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse number 7. Not only will the saints be taken out with the Lord, look at 2 Thessalonians chapter number 2, verse number 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Preacher, what does that mean? Not only will the church be removed, but the Holy Spirit will be removed. He'll be taken away. Imagine a world without the Holy Spirit. Imagine a world without conviction. Imagine a world without the comforter. Imagine, well, see, as a born-again believer, we can't fathom that because the moment we got saved, the Holy Spirit dwells inside of us and we have not gone a day without him. But there's coming a time where he'll be pulled away. He'll be removed from this earth. And you think it's bad now. Well, we can't imagine a world without the Holy Spirit. The church will be gone. The Holy Spirit will be gone. Be gone. And then also tell what happens right after the, the rapture, the tribulation will begin. The Bible tells us in Daniel chapter 12, verse number one, Daniel calls it a time of trouble. Jeremiah 30 verse 7 calls it the time of Jacob's trouble. Now Daniel chapter 9 verse 27 tells us it'll be a seven-year period. This is the, the 70th week of Daniel's prophecy. And we also know that there will, it'll be broken up into a three-and-a-half period and a three-and-a-half period. That first three-and-a-half period, it'll seem like everything's going well. Antichrist will step up. He'll bring peace to the world. Everything will seem like it'll be fine. One world government, that's all, that's all that stuff we see happening now, beginning in. It's amazing how, how the world's pushing for a one world currency. 
and to be electronic and all these different kind of things. I, we were traveling to Albania and we had to go through Italy. We had to go through customs and you had to take your passport and put it on a, on a scanner right here and then you looked at a camera and it scans your picture and it scans your face at the same time. And if it did not match, you were not allowed to go through. And so we, we did that. We were coming, when we were coming back to the States, we got stopped in Italy. And I've shared this story with you and how they, they told us we may not make it home. We may not be allowed to leave Italy. We may have to stay there for two weeks in quarantine. And I remember telling them in my, my best Italian, which was English, I said, I can't. I, my plane leaves tomorrow. Our flight leaves tomorrow. And they'll say, well, we'll figure something out. And I remember them telling them, and finally they say, listen, you guys, can, you guys can fly out tomorrow, but you can't leave the airport. I said, sounds good to me. But they gave us a piece of paper to fill out with information about our residence, our age, our occupations, and different things like that. And they said on the, on the front side, it's Italian. On the back side, it's English. And I remember looking at the English side and said, yeah, these are English words, but none of this stuff makes sense. We don't, whatever you're asking for right there, we don't have that in America. I don't know what that is. And so I, I mean, I filled it out and I turned it in and, and they finally said, y'all can go through. We, we got through and we was talking and Brother Josh Williams said, I wasn't filling out that paperwork. I didn't want him to have my information. I got to chuckle. I said, you literally just put a picture of your face on a scanner and they scan, your passport has all your information in it. I said, you, they got it already. He said, man, I didn't think about that. And we're, we're seeing this generation, what, what we, well, technology is a blessing, and no doubt it has been a blessing, amen. Thank God for microphones and electric keyboards and speakers and computers and cell phones. They have been a blessing in a sense, but I don't think we realize what's all going on behind the scenes. Things are coming together almost faster than we can figure them out. But we're going to understand that there's going to be a seven-year period of tribulation that is going to come to this earth, and it's going to be a time that we have, that, that, that we have, we have not seen it on that fashion or that level. Three and a half years will be considered, the, 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 it'll be all right, it'll be tribulation, but then that second three and a half years, that's that great tribulation. That's what we were talking about when we started off in the book of Matthew. But Revelation chapter 6 all the way to chapter number 18 covers this tribulation period. It's a great record and a great uh, uh, description of what this place, what earth is going to be like during that time. I wrote down, we, we, we've seen that seven seals will be open uh, and peace will be removed during the great tribulation. The, I'm not, and we're not just talking about man-made peace. We're talking about the, the peace that settles your heart, the peace that comforts you in the storm. All of that is going to be removed. Famine will cover the earth, death will strike a quarter of the population. We've got one, two, three, four sitting on the second pew. One of you is dead. That leaves three of you. And you multiply that by ratio, we're talking billions of people. It's going to be a, 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 a death toll that we have never seen. I think in America, the greatest casualties that we've ever had in war was the Civil War because every casualty was an American. Just about. But I remember reading those numbers for like World War II and, and but we have not seen it on that kind of fashion where one out of four people will die. And it goes on to say, uh, seven, then seven trumpets will be sounded, hail and fire will visit the earth, water will become bitter, the sun will be darkened, locusts will plague and kill many, then seven vials of God's wrath will be poured out, boils will cover man, the sea will become blood. 
the sun will scorch men. I remember learning in my, my science class back in high school that if the, 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 the sun and the earth, that ratio, that distance moved in the slightest, that every, every, if, if, the, if the earth got any closer to the sun than it already is, everything would burn up. We don't understand the pain and the agony that's, that's going to be going on at that time. Darkness will cover the earth. There will be a worldwide earthquake. Well, the Bible teaches and tells us those things in the book of Revelation. Imagine that. How many of you have ever seen those videos that come in from those countries like Burma, different places like that where the earthquakes come in and the death tolls and the mudslides and all that? You, you just see the chaos. There's going to be an earthquake that's going to shake the entire world. And so, preacher, that is scary and that is frightening. That is something I don't want to go through. Well, thank God he's provided an escape for us. By trusting in him. And so as we realize this tonight, you could very well easily take this and turn it in a way to scare somebody and to use it as a fear tactic. But can I say, as a born-again child of God, I know I'm not going to face that. I know I'm not going to go through it. But I ought to be praying for those who, if they were to die right now, that's where they're headed. If, if the rapture were to take place right now, that's what they're going to go through. But we see tonight there's three things to remember concerning the great tribulation. Number one, the world faces its darkest days. Preacher, how dark is it going to get? Turn your Bibles to Revelation chapter number nine. Revelation chapter number nine. Preacher, how dark is it? How bad is it going to be? Look at Revelation chapter 9, verse number 6. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it. We're talking about a world with no hope, a world with no peace, a world with no, no even ounce of, well, I, I hope I can get, the Bible said it'll be so bad that men will seek death and can't find it. What does that mean, preacher? They will try to kill themselves and won't be able to accomplish it. One of the things we have to realize and remember that God is the giver and taker of life. And right now, under the, 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 the age that we're in, we have the ability to make a choice, but ultimately, the power to take your life does not rest in your hands. It rests in God's. And we're going to see that there's going to come a time in the world where, where men will try to take their own life. And they won't be able to. Why? Because there's no hope. There's no peace. Not only that, the Bible goes on to say, shall desire to die and death shall flee from the... Just, and I'm not trying to be graphic tonight, but just imagine some of the scenes of what it's going to look like. Men trying to jump off cliffs to take their life and it won't end. I remember... Uh, I can't remember how old I was. I guess I was in my 20s, which, I mean, that leaves three years. <laughs> I was in my, my, my 20s, and my mom had moved, and uh, she was renting out the house that I had grew up in. She was renting out to a friend of hers, and they had a party at the house that night, and her teenage, old, her teenage son ended up shooting another young man point blank in the face with a shotgun. And I remember all of that going through all of that, and... Uh, the investigator 
I met, I met my mom. We went down to Richmond County. We met with the investigator, and he let us know. He said, ma'am, we just want to let you know that we're done with our investigation. You can now go and clean up. And I remember looking at my mom. I said, mom, you're going to have to find somebody to do that. I can't walk in on that. I can't see that. I, I, I'm not qualified to clean that. And you're going to see that kind of scene play out over and over and over again. And men aren't going to die. Talk about, we, we can't fathom. We can't fathom how great God is. We also can't fathom how great that tribulation is going to be. That time in the earth is going to be like. So we know the world faces its darkest days. It'll be an age of war and rumors of war. It'll define the age. And it's all leading up to that battle of Armageddon. We know where it's heading at tonight. But we live in a world where, where you, you scroll the news. Well, there's Ukraine. And then there's China. And then there's, where, where's the other one at? Right, Israel. And, and this one. And that one. And, and North Korea just tested a ballistic missile underneath the ocean. We could read all of those things tonight. But may I, may I, may I present to you tonight that in those days, it won't just be rumors of wars, but it will be wars all over the face of the earth. So the world faces its darkest days. Number two, this is a time to make sure you're saved. This is a time to make sure you're saved. And I'm not talking about an emotional feeling. I'm not talking about getting goosebumps. I'm not talking about having a religious experience. I'm talking about to make sure your salvation experience lines up with the word of God. That your hope is not in your works, it is not in your riches, it is not in your ability, but it is that you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not something to play with. I shared this this morning in Sunday school, but Friday night, Brother, brother Ricky brought the fire, both literally and spiritually. <laughs> but he said, oh, he said it over and over again. He said, these things can kill you. Y'all want to try them? <laughs> you want to see what they do? I'm thinking, I, I don't know anymore. <laughs> but he said, they, they can kill you. They are dangerous if not used right. Can I say as a pastor, the pulpit may not kill me. And my Bible may not kill me. But every time I stand behind this sacred desk, I am dealing in eternal matters. That's why it's of the utmost importance that I preach right and I teach right. And I don't, I don't change God's way of salvation because there are eternal consequences. And that, our, that this pulpit doesn't become an opinion place, it doesn't become a bully place, it becomes a place where the gospel is sounded forth because there's lost and dying men and women and children and boys and girls who need to know there's a reality you might face the great tribulation. But you don't have to. You can be saved by the grace of God. The only way to avoid it and not to, to end in the lake of fire is to be saved by the grace of God. We see the world faces its darkest days. When we look at the tribulation, we're reminded that this is the time to make sure you're saved. Then when we think about the great tribulation, it ought to remind us that this is the time to go after the lost. This is the time to go after the lost. Take your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter number 13, verse number 11. Chapter 13 of Romans, verse number 11. In that knowing the time, that it is now high time to wake out of sleep. 
For now is our salvation nearer than we believed. And we can look at that verse in two ways. We can step back and say, well, praise God. Our salvation drawing near every day that I live. Every hour that passes, I am getting closer and closer to Jesus coming back. And, and for me to meet him in the air and to spend all of eternity in a place called heaven, I'm looking forward to that day. But then the reality is, if I'm going up, there's some that aren't. They didn't know the gospel. And I could sit back and say, well, I hope somebody reaches them. I hope somebody gets the gospel to them. Instead of just saying that, why don't we say, if I have to be the one, I'll go. Lord, I'll use me, Lord. Let me share the gospel with somebody. I guarantee you this, if we got up and we went to the gas station and we went to the grocery store and we went to work and we stopped looking at people as just people and just, just people that we pass by and people that do things for us and what we do for them and we looked at them and said, I wonder, are they going to the lake of fire? I wonder, are they going to experience the great tribulation? Well, I ought to warn them and let them know they don't have to. They don't have to. The Bible tells them, it's time to wake up. Get up, sleepyhead. <laughs> Shiloh gets up in the morning. That girl's got bedhead. I'm talking about bedhead. You can just tell it is everywhere. And we'll tell her, Shiloh, you got bedhead, and she'll just laugh. Here's the thing. I feel like there's a lot of Christians running around with bedhead. What time is it? Where am I at? What am I supposed to be? Paul was telling the church, hey, get up. Wake up. Yes, our salvation's drawing near. It's not time to lay down and relax. I'm just waiting till Jesus come or relax right here until the Lord comes back. No, he told us to occupy until he come. And this is be about the Father's business. Be the sounding alarm. Be the trumpet. Be the one that says, hey, listen, there is a great tribulation coming. And if you want to miss it, there's only one way. Preacher, people won't think I'm crazy. People won't think I lost my mind. People won't think that I, I, I'm absolutely, just, just completely, totally lost it. Let them think what they think. I'd much rather say, I, Lord, I told those people what you told me to tell them. And Lord, the choice is on theirs. I don't want to stand before Jesus and said, Lord, I, my reputation and my popularity was more important. And man, we're going to be around the great white throne of judgment. We're not going to be judged at it. But imagine seeing those that you knew the Holy Spirit put in your heart to tell. And for some odd reason, we made the excuse not to. I don't think we're going to enjoy that excuse anymore. We're going to realize, I should have told them. I should have said something. So three things as we face the great tribulation, or as we look at the great tribulation tonight, the world faces its darkest days. Brother Mike Andrews used to say in the cabinet shop, he'd say, smile, it's just going to get worse. And the sad reality is, the world we live in, it's just going to get worse. I pray for the next generation coming up after me. They're saved by the grace of God. They're not going to face the tribulation. But as, as the world begins to head in that direction, ain't no telling what they're going to face. Ain't no telling what, what they're going to have to deal with. What's going to be the issue of their generation? I feel like the issue of my generation is an attack on God's creation. And God's fearfully and wonderfully made is an attack on, on the, 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 the essence of humanity. 
It's almost as saying, well, listen, if I can't get them to kill them in the womb, I'll try to kill their mind afterwards. God made a mistake on me. I was actually, I was born this way, but that's not who I am. No, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. How many glad tonight God doesn't make any mistakes? We said it this morning, he does everything perfectly. He made you exactly who, how he designed you to be made tonight. But the world faces its darkest days. There, this is the time to make sure you, do you know tonight? Do you know? If you, do, you, do you go to bed at night saying, I know, preacher, I know. I've got Bible reasons to prove it. I did what Romans told me to do. I, by faith, I trusted in him, preacher. My salvation is not based upon the emotion that I experience. It is based upon a, an obedience to God's word. Preacher, I know I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go, preacher. Well, wonderful. Then get to number three. It's time to tell the lost. It's time to tell a uh, preacher, I just don't have time for that. You're too busy then. Preacher, I, I, I don't know where to fit that into my schedule. Make room. We were, I was, we were talking to somebody the other day about uh, getting these young kids in their Bibles and getting them in the routine and the habit of starting their day off in the Word of God because when, when, when you're there, how many of us adults know when you were their age, you had a whole lot more time? You had a whole lot less responsibility. I wish someone would sat me down at eight years old and said, get in your Bible, read your Bible the first thing of the day. Don't go anywhere until you get something from God. Instead of me trying to figure it out at the age of 18, 19, and 20. How do I do this? But we see tonight, it is, it is the time to go after the lost. You don't have to raise your hand tonight, but how many of you know somebody that if the rapture were to happen tonight, you know, no doubt in your mind they get left behind. You gonna tell them? I don't want you to go through that. I don't want you to experience that. Jesus has made a way for you not to have to go through that. And I love you enough to tell you. Think what you want to think about me afterwards, but I at least want to warn you and let you know. You can't get them saved, but you can tell them how they can be. You can't make them saved, but you can give them the opportunity to do so. The great tribulation is coming tonight. As a Christian, I'm not going to face it, but it ought to do something in my heart tonight. Because I guarantee the majority of people we walk by, that's where they're headed. That's where they're facing. That's, that's their future. The thing that scares us to death, the thing that we say, man, I, I can't even fathom that. That's where they're headed. Are you going to warn them? Are you going to let them know tonight? Let's pray to heaven.